Welcome to episode 24 of the UK Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. You're joined by me, Simon Stanley, uh, Gavin Marshall, and back again this week, Dave Hart. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good. My, my one fan can rejoice to hear my dulcet <laughs> tones again. How's it back, being back connected in the world of uh, digital telecommunication? It's uh, it's nice, actually. I realised how much I rely on my old crappy phone that I had. And when it fell in the, I, when it fell in the sink, I was absolutely distraught because like, my whole business and my life is through my phone which is quite sad and uh, yeah yeah i didn't think about the business side of things yeah step i I like to have something to do while i'm washing up so i tend to like put a youtube video or something on the windowsill Mm -hmm. and i put it on there went to get something from the living room to wash and someone had texted me i don't know who yet but the vibration made it slip off the windowsill and straight into the sink so it was uh beyond repair at that point so I've been sending out smoke signals and Morse code and all sorts, trying to find some other way of communication. It was probably a notification of uh, some silly trade that you accepted in the Dynasty League. <laughs> it might well have been. Yeah, well, well, let's get on to that a bit later, mate. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, Dave, I believe you listened to this week's podcast. You wanted to tell us why you, you splurted out your, your drink and laughter. Yeah, I, I, listened to my, I listened to a lot of podcasts in the car or in the van. and I have a fancy Bluetooth setup. But, He's um, saying you only just got to ours today. Yeah. You had a, a full week to catch up. Yeah, I've sort of been... I'm not sure if this is, this is what's expected of a co-host. Where's the loyalty? <laughs> oh, count on you to listen. How, how we can count on anyone else? I listened. Right? I listened to it. It was a bit late in the day. I listened well, it's like today. A, an emergency listen. Because <laughs> you knew we I were going to grill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it so was. He was he was listening to it on double speed. <laughs> yeah. it, it was on my way to go and buy my last minute Valentine's Day gift. So it was a, it was a big day of panic. Right. But um, but no, I was enjoying my coffee on the way there when I the Gab saying, I mean, I, I hope I was wrong in hearing this, but asking if uh, J Lo flicked her bean. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee nearly went that. all over the front window there. He did say that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definite. I'm pretty definite that I saw that. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping that I hadn't got like some sort of mixed signal or going to my car or something. I don't no. know what happened, but but yeah, that that was said. That happened. <laughs> Did, Did I, you have no, to put an extra sensor on this on this uh, on this episode? A warning, a pre-warning. Yeah, content. Yeah. Yeah. Like 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 the halftime show should have been. Did I try yeah. like shove this under the carpet or did I like just explode when he said this? I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> it's, it seems that you all just sort of ignored Placed it over. completely. Yeah, <laughs> which was strange. Well, uh, yeah. Did you did you notice the that moment? It was kind of a a sliding kind of. She did like a slide like across the stage towards camera, and at the end there was the incident. <laughs> I, did, I didn't I, notice this. I, I don't recall seeing it, but the whole thing was like something I've seen on. Stag do's, yeah, that is the sort of thing you only see at those sort of times. Yeah, About I know three. what you're saying. I know where you're going with that. Yeah, where you get fleeced for drinks and end up with yeah. a massive bill and don't yeah. really have a very good time. Yeah, those kind of nights. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Mm. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> no Rich not, this week. Yeah, I was going to say, you'll notice the absence of Rich. Sadly, he's off, uh, you know, kicking ass and taking names somewhere, I imagine. Very literally, yeah. uh, on, a, on, a, on a very exciting project that he's not allowed to talk about. But it is, it's a, like a, we can give the clue that it's a TV show. And um, if Rich is working on a TV show, you know, it's not going to be Neighbours or Home and Away. It's going to be something pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's all we can say up for now. Well said. Mm. So, you know, he'll be back when he can. Uh, we're not going to rush him. Um, also, I wanted to mention, um, I know we've we've brought this up a few times, but um, I, I think I've kind of buried it at the end of the podcast, Gavin. I, I know we want to get this word out. Please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. Go subscribe to it, please. Just because uh, even if you listen to it on the, po- on the podcast app like I do, would or, I would, you know, do anyway, it just helps sort of get the word out, right, Gavin? It kind of helps spread that message to people that might not. See the yeah, well, one of the things for me, and I, it's not—I don't think it's going to happen this year. Hopefully, we're going next year, still doing this. But there's there's certain people out there in in the kind of NFL and, and draft kind of YouTube community that we would like to have on or, or connect with or link up with, and and we kind of because you can't really you can't compare you um, podcast listener figures. The way of a way you can kind of get those people on is you know have a, having a sort of decent following on youtube and then it's it's in their interest to come on the show so it's actually better off it's in the interest of listeners if you're interested in us getting on you know interesting people to come and talk maybe you know scouts or you know uh, players even or anyone you know the more people we have on following us on youtube the more likely we'll get better talent essentially so yeah please subscribe cool and i expect you know 300 subscribers by tomorrow now that we've appealed um, Dave, have you subscribed, or is that an emergency click that I hear in the background? No, I'm I'm subscribed. <laughs> I think I think I am anyway. When my phone phone the sync, it might have magically unsubscribed. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, a couple of bits of news to hit this week, and then we're going to move on to the start of our kind of dipping our toes into the draft and looking at some of the positions. We're going to look at the tight ends this week. But before we do that, um, a few bits of news, nothing major. Um, first thing to mention uh, only happened about an hour ago. Actually, Kevin Colbert had a um, press conference. Either of you seen this yet? No, what happened? Is no, this no. the official, yeah. official announcement of McClendon? Oh, <laughs> no, no official announcement on that yet. No. Um, no, just a couple of little things I want to mention. Firstly, he, he kind of spoke about, his, we were talking last week about you know his contract and why is he only signing kind of a one-year deal and, and what's the situation with all that. And he, he kind of just said that, you know, as long as the Roonies and the Steelers want him, he's going to be part of the organisation and, you know, he's not looking to be anywhere else. And uh, he's, he's, he's bound to say that, I suppose, isn't he? But, you know, uh, it's kind of good to hear that reaffirmed from him rather than it just kind of sitting there silently on a one-year basis. So I thought that was nice to hear. And then... Um, he also mentioned a little bit about Ben and that this being picked up by Ian, Rapp- Ian Rappaport and, and you know the NFL media insiders and whatnot. Your Adam Schefters um, just kind of say that they don't believe that that Ben is where Drew Brees and um, Phil Rivers and Eli Manning are yet. They kind of anticipate having him uh, for the foreseeable future. So you know, I feel like a lot of us are kind of working on this basis that uh, if Ben comes back at all, that, that this will be his last season. But uh, it seems like the organisation, at least, is putting it out there that they anticipate Ben being back for. Uh, potentially more than that so yeah I'd hope so I mean he's kind of he's transformed himself hasn't he especially from from his very early days and you know it could be due another transformation maybe you know it changes his style of play to suit his kind of declining athletic skill set and and you know his improving kind of mental aspects of the game reading the game and so forth changing things at the line and all that stuff that he does quite well these days so yeah I hope that he has got another couple years in him myself 
Certainly. It kind of just feels like the world ended last season, right? And it, and it, with, with the fact that we spent a full year away from him, it kind of feels like uh, everyone's kind of, not forgot about Ben, but, you know, we kind of anticipated life without him, right? And we're on to the next chapter. We're thinking about where do we go at QB in the next couple of years. But, uh, you know, it's just interesting to hear that, you know, maybe there's every chance that he comes back next season and plays 16 games and all of a sudden he's back up there with the passing leaders again, right? You know, I mean, who knows? So We had a great 2018, didn't we? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So... We will see where that goes, but I just thought that was worth mentioning. Um, the, the thing I had down first before that, the top billing, um, Miles Garrett's been um, reinstated by the NFL. I mean, I don't anticipate we expected anything else, but I don't know. I kind of didn't like the way this happened. He kind of was back on Twitter with his snarky. I used to kind of like Miles Garrett, you know, before all this happened. Obviously, Miles Garrett suspended in April for hitting Mason Rudolph with a helmet. Um, I feel like he's... Ever since he came out with this kind of half half assumption that or half saying that Mason Rudolph might have used a racial slur, which you know seemed a bit odd in the timing of it, and then you know now all of a sudden he, he's come back and he's you know his Twitter account is kind of it seems a bit you know I would have liked a, a quiet comeback from Miles Garrett. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just, just slide back uh, in uh, through the back yeah, door. Just yeah, just understated. Like, you know, maybe you didn't need to make a big deal out of it. And, you know, maybe that says more about the Browns than it does about Mascara. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it just sort of highlights the inconsistency in punishment. Not, you, you don't want to see guys punished to the point where it's a, a small, well, small misdemeanor gets punished heavily. But at the same time, a guy who smokes weed can be out for a, a season potentially. Yeah. And a guy who attempts to beat someone with his own helmet gets uh, get off gets off pretty lightly compared. It just mm. doesn't seem a fair a fair um, punishment to me. Yeah, and in fairness, you know, I'm not really too much complaining at the punishment. It's, I mean, he's been gone for what half a season, right? And this was like a, a, a number one overall pick. Well, maybe not number one. What was he? Was he number one overall in his draft? I can't remember now. But, yeah, he was, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? So high up anyway. Yeah, top three at least. Yeah. Top top pick right so you know i didn't anticipate him to be to, to be out any longer than this and you know he served his time and he's never shown that he's like a violent guy in the past either so it's not it's not like one of those situations but if this was someone else though would it be the same punishment yeah you know who knows you know if you know if i'm trying to think right this just comes it comes back to tomlin's thing about guys you know guys should expect to be treated fairly but not equally yeah yeah uh, and then the, the other thing I was going to say is I think, you know, this is all, you, you're quite right, Dave, but I, I think this is all something that will be thrashed out in the new CBA along with the weed smoking and who handles these kind of punishments and how they should be handled. I think that'll all be something that they're going to look at. Yeah, mm. I certainly hope so. It's a bit it's a bit shady at the minute and it? it's a little bit behind closed doors, a bit unsure. I mean, at yeah. the same time that this was happening, Mason Rudolph's fine was apparently upheld. I can't believe it took this long. <laughs> but uh, this week, Mason Rudolph's fine for the same incident was upheld of $50,000. So, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's time to put all that behind us, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was worth mentioning as well. Um, speaking of things we should probably put behind us, um, Antonio Brown uh, <laughs> seems to have changed his <laughs> tune uh, a little bit this week. Came out and apologised to, to Ben on Instagram. You, you see this? I saw yeah, a report about it. Yeah, he's done a bit of a radio interview yes. as well. I'm not sure who it was with. Yeah, he did a radio interview with uh, 93.7 FM's The Fan. Um, I could do that job, right? Um, yeah, I mean, this was a weird one, right? They kind of put out a, like a, you know, 
hook, line, and sinker tweet saying Antonio Brown should come on and you know tell us all about the situation with the Steelers, and they didn't expect to reply, but then Antonio Brown does reply and then just randomly shows up on the show the next morning. And to be fair, said said some quite interesting stuff. And while some of it does seem a little bit inconsistent with his actions and the things that he said recently, what did strike me was that he just sounded a little bit more with it than he has done in recent weeks, which you know is is good, I suppose. You know, at least he sounds relatively competent. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to say what's changed in his life, right, in the last three four weeks, but. He sounded like a little bit more with it, and like you know, he knew what he was talking about, and and he he had some kind of conceit when it came to to Big Ben, and you know, he said he loved him, and and, and he even, I don't think he, I think it's pretty clear he's got problems with Juju, right? But he even kind of tried to walk back a little bit of that, although he did say he felt disrespected by some of the things Juju had done. So, you know, a weird one. It's almost resulted in those kind of people coming out on Twitter again now saying, oh, should we take AB back? He's come out and apologised to Ben. I mean, absolutely not, right? <laughs> it seems obscene. Yeah, I mean, it does. It does seem obscene, but at the same time, would you want to turn away that kind of talent? But no. also from his his point of view, going back to being around the people where you know, there's probably the best support network he would have would be at the Steelers. I would have thought. Do you not agree? People yeah, that know yeah, him for who he yeah, really is. Yeah, yeah. People that could talk to him on a level. People that were around when he was drafted and weren't, you know, not 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 coming in as a star player, but coming back with his kind of tail between his legs. You're not and wrong, getting the care he needs. I think he's burnt yeah. too many bridges, right? I mean, he said things about a lot of the guys on this team. You know, things that they might not be taken too care, especially Juju. But then even you know Tomlin, Ben, and some of the other guys on defense. I, it's not been a great look for him, and I don't know if he'd be welcomed back with open arms in the team. To be honest, oh no, it would. It'd have to, you know, it would be a have to be a big apology and a complete turnaround, and you know, it's not. It's very unlikely, I think. He said a couple of other interesting things that I just kind of pulled out of the interview that, that weren't necessarily related to that, but he he kind of had a few quotes. He said that players in the Steelers were more interested in individual stats than winning the Super Bowl. When kind of asked That's, asked about why he left, have a look That's in the, the man in the mirror. Kettle black in it, yeah. <laughs> Have a look in the mirror. He also um, he called out Heinz Ward for not giving him any support when he when he came out of the draft and when he was a, a young guy at the Steelers. Kind of called him out a little bit. Um, and he also just basically said he was really bored without football and said that's where a lot of this stuff has come from. These kind of hijinks we've seen for the last four weeks. He's just not had anything to focus on, which which doesn't really bode well for the next sort of you know forty years of Antonio Brown's life, right? <laughs> it's understandable though for how many years since college and high school. He's been. That's been his life, and that's been his talent, and is is what he's been respected for. And suddenly, that's gone, and he's now yeah. got this media spotlight on him and loads of cash. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. It's going to happen. Bound to happen. Yeah, just no focus, no nothing to you know, nothing to drive him. Yeah, um, yeah, and he also said he didn't know why he'd been put in that weird suicide vest that we saw a lot of pictures of. Uh, when he was, when he, when he was in court. I've got to be honest. I've, I've I've totally checked out of of following his antics. It, it doesn't interest me. It upsets me. I, I'm sort of not, not interested <laughs> in in Antonio Brown, the person outside of the Steelers or the NFL. Really, fair so, enough. Sorry. Fair enough. Well, sorry. I um yeah I, yeah I'd like to say I agree with you. I felt a few of these things were kind of somewhat relevant to the Steelers side of things as well with some of the things that he came out with, but. Yeah, you you're right on the whole, but 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 if nothing else, at least it looks like you know this update is a little bit more um, positive outlook wise than than some of the previous ones. You know, he's not on his lawn screaming at people and 
God knows what else. So, you know, here's to the hoping that Antonio Brown's on the up a little bit. Can we can we talk about football for a minute? Yes, Kushka. Right, so uh, I thought you were going to talk about Brian McClendon. Right, you seem to really have the... <laughs> Brian McClendon <laughs> on, on the line today. Yeah. So, go on, f- fill me in. Oh, well, he's uh, rumoured to be the new uh, wide receivers coach they've just hired. Oh, sorry, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw this on Steelers Deep. I, so, w- w- so I saw this rumoured like about three days ago, but I haven't heard any announcements, that's why I... That's yeah, that's, I that's what I was hoping you were going right. to say was the Colbert thing, yeah. I mean, it seems like it seems like it's happening, right? I mean... yeah. Why would that come out? It's not like a, it's not a name, like it's not a big name, is it? So yeah. you kind of, you know, and there's some links there with um, Daryl Drake, who the the former mm. wide receiver coach. I think he coached him for a bit or something. Right. But uh, yes, yeah, exciting high because he's um a sort of you know offensive minded running former running backs coach, former wide receiver coach, former offensive coordinator in the in the college game. So hopefully someone that can bring some some juice to the passing attack. Awesome. Kind of work alongside Matt Canada and uh, have a fresh-faced offense, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I know, I know, I've gone about this before, and it'll be the last time he's ever mentioned. But I was really hoping that Ray Sherman didn't get the full-time job, and he hasn't. So we sit at the back of Ray Sherman, and I know that maybe I'm being a bit unfair, but it'll probably be the last time I'll ever mention him. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, that guy was connected to that Rams team that I just absolutely hated. The the this kind of the one that was, you know, the Jeff Fisher. Yeah, uh, Jeff Fisher. He should not be named. Brian Schottenheimer. Um, the, the the team that ruined uh, Sam Bradford. And, and I, was, I just sort of read back and saw that the wide receivers that came through the, the Ray Sherman school of wide receivers for, were drafted in round four above, right? So, so see if you know any of these guys' names. You'll know one. <laughs> Greg Salas. Austin Pettis. Brian Quick, who was drafted in round two, and he was a great prospect. Chris Givens, and then finally Tavon Austin. <laughs> so they're they're all his 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 prospects, all his proteges. So they they they've not. I mean, I'm being a bit unfair because Ray Sherman had a long career, and he's you know he's I'm probably you know disrespecting him, but he really lost it for me as well. Do you remember it quite early on against the, the Seahawks game when he was chilling on the bench when the Steelers were losing? He lost me then. That was when he lost me. I don't even recall that. Yeah, I think I pointed out on the podcast, an early early days podcast. But yeah, so anyway, excited for McClendon and um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what he can do. Awesome, good stuff. Well, th- thank you uh, for, for actually uh, bringing real news to the podcast, Gav, rather than Antonio <laughs> Brown's antics. <laughs> That's okay. Um, that that was all I had. Yeah. The only other, sorry, Gav, what are you saying? No, go, 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 go. I was just going to say the only other thing I was going to mention was did did either you guys uh, see any XFL stuff? Did, have any thoughts on that at all? Or I didn't watch I, it. I saw a sort of a highlight reel on YouTube, but it, 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 nothing about it really interests me. I've, I've, I get my fill of violence elsewhere. So <laughs> okay, kind of pub after a few stellars. Yeah, odd way to put um, that. Yeah, I like I like the rules. The, yes. Some of the rules are cool. Yeah. The 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 the, the PAT is quite good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I didn't I didn't watch any of the games though, so I can't really no, uh, work I, out how they went or anything. Yeah. What how how do we watch it here by the way, do you it, know? I, I think it's on BT Sport maybe. I know you can watch it on the ESPN thing that's yeah. 9.99 a month if you want to buy it, but I think it might be on BT Sport. I might be wrong though. All right, okay. Well, um but yeah, so I haven't seen any of it either. But but I saw sort of little bits and pieces. And there, within like the first game, there was a guy dropping the f bomb on the sideline, right? Because they were interviewing him as soon yeah. as his team had, had conceded a touchdown, and then a guy threw up on the field in the same game. And I was like, okay, the XFL's back, guys. 
<laughs> what, what I you... like about it, though, is that as soon as a play is over, there's someone on the sideline interviewing the person who's just fucked up. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Asking them, so how did you fuck up? Explain to us all why you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit. It's kind of a toned down version of what we, you know, what what they had in the, the it was the 90s, right? Or the early 2000s? I can't remember now, but. Mm. Um, it's been a couple of times. But yeah, it seems like a slightly toned down version of that, but still with a lot of the, I mean, it's, any, it's anything different to the NFL, right? Anything that's a bit of an upheaval is, is interesting to people and. Yeah, you're right, Gav. Some of the rules are interesting, and and yeah, Eli Rogers lo- was in, and yeah, yeah. That I video I sent you with the breakdown where it said we are making punting more exciting. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> you not like that? Maybe you're a punting purist. You want it? They're selling it just to you. Um, <laughs> oh, what is the punt rule they've changed? Because I think I actually quite liked it. I, I can't remember now. Um, I forgot. But yeah. the, did you see that Marquette King King punt that that landed on the one yard line, and then the guy dived on it and. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. He just he just completely spoiled a per- perfect punt. <laughs> Marquette King, who again, by the way, why is this guy not a punter in the NFL? It makes no sense. I mean, we're literally play. Uh, sign Marquette King. Um, he's punting and he lands it perfectly on the one yard line. A picture perfect punt, the best punt you've ever seen. And some guy and his own team just runs into it and flies into the end zone. <laughs> And the commentator is brilliant because he's just—he's like—he's saying all this hyperbole about Margaret King, and he just screams, "What are you doing?" Uh, yeah, if you go back and watch one highlight, that's the one for the week. Right. Well, I would expect a, a long-form piece about you di- deep diving into the differences of the punt game in the XFL. Uh, are, you gonna, are, you gonna a decision. A, are you going to pick a team in the XFL? Uh, <clears throat> I, I quite like the, the the name of the Battle Hawks. Where are they from? I don't even know where they're uh, from. Uh, is, it, is that LA? It might be. Yeah. I don't, it's DC Defenders, right? New York Guardians, <clears throat> Seattle Dragons. I'm going to go yeah. Seattle Dragons just because I have a bit of a soft spot for Seattle. Right. I, I yeah, I quite like Hawks. I don't know why. Oh. So I'm going to be a, not not the Seahawks, but Battle Hawks. Yeah. Although the the, the, vid, the video that I watched of the the highlights of the XFL took me to a highlight reel of lingerie football as well. Sure, so, that's that's just an embarrassment, you know. Like that is have, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. It is. Yeah. It's an embarrassment to football and an embarrassment to women as well. It is. My daughter asks me. You know, my daughter knows more about the Pittsburgh Steelers and 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 some you know various things about American football than most of the population in the UK. She's seven, and she. I have to answer embarrassing questions when she says, "Do women play this sport?" And I say, "Well, no, not really." And then I don't really want to get into the version that, that they are offered because it is awful. Now, I, quick question. Do you know the um, the coach on the 49ers who was coaching the Super Bowl, the, the first woman? Yes. Didn't she play in a women's football? I'm assuming yes. that, what, that wasn't the one we're talking I about. I hope not. I don't know. Uh, so but I, I assume not. there's another league, right? Of, of I don't know. I hope so. I need to dig that out and show her. Very uneducated what? on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously there's a vibrant women's game in the UK. So if you can take her to that, Gav. Yeah. Yeah, it's like what the flag football was that? The... I think there's both, right? Manchester yeah, Titans have got a big well, full contact team, yeah. Oh, there you go. Maybe we should get into it. Maybe we should end up coaching that. <laughs> uh, Dave, are you going to pick a team in the XFL or do you just not care? Uh, I'll probably see what a few of the former Steelers are doing. Other than that, I'm not really interested. Fair enough. No. We'll see how it goes, right? I, I want a developmental league. I always have. I think it would be good for the NFL. I think the fact that we've filled out eight rosters on this on this league of, of guys that are you know decent enough to play the game at whatever level it is, I think that's good. You know, uh, my problem is I, I don't want it now. I want no, it no, in, yeah. in, in the middle of summer. Yeah. You know, I'm just 
reveling after a massive meal of NFL and Super Bowl. You know, I'm sitting there. I want to sort of have my my espresso and my cigarette and enjoy it all. I don't want another lesser version rammed down, which is basically should be the starter, not the the dessert. I don't want that. Yeah, you no, know, the I'm draft. Totally yeah, it's the wrong time. They did it with the AAF as well. Yeah. Why? Why do it straight after the Super Bowl? It's crazy. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I'm. I'm not going to pay super close attention to it, but I just kind of hope it succeeds. And then you know, who knows where it goes from there? And maybe I pay more attention to it. But yeah, I am with you. I don't know why it is right now. I don't know what the reasons are for that. Maybe it's an issue with you know empty stadiums. But yeah. Well, that's all I had for, for news anyway. Um, are, are you ready to jump into some of these tight ends? Uh, well, there, there was one last oh, thing. Oh, yeah, you go, I, you go. I don't know. <laughs> classic. I don't know if you saw the article. I can't remember who. I should I should have I should have written it down. Maybe it was PFF or it was someone saying that oh, they were recommending that. Uh, yeah, or something, yes. No, not that. Oh, sorry. Saying that um, the Steelers shouldn't tag Dupree. They should let him go. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they should uh, sign Hunter Henry. Yes, I did. The see money this. that they have available. I can't remember who wrote it though. But but yeah. I can't. Um, I mean, uh, we're starting to play Madden now, though, aren't we? Like, <laughs> that's not yeah. how the NFL works, right? I, I mean, I suppose theoretically you could free up the cap space and go after Hunter Henry, right? But uh, well, if you if you let if you let Dupree walk, you, I mean, ignoring the fact that you've got to probably got to go after one of the sort of middle ranking. Edge rushes. I don't think that got makes some more team, money to play with. I don't think that makes the team better. Do you? Well, it makes the offense better, but you're seriously damaging the defense. Yeah, I, I think. I'm also maybe it's because I'm not entirely sold that Hunter Henry deserves a, a high end contract. I mean, I, I like his skill set. I liked him in the draft, but you know he's been injured quite a bit, and he's not entirely sold me in his rookie contract with the Chargers that he's the guy. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't be super keen to pay Hunter Henry big bucks anyway, so I probably wouldn't have, even if the Steelers had a bit of cap room, I probably wouldn't be championing him, so maybe that plays into it. But but to be honest, yeah, even if it was a case of, you know, cut Bud Dupree and sign X, you know, star tight end for 15 million, I, I'd still be having a tough time of deciding whether that was worth it, because one way or another you're going to be looking at whichever, you know, whichever position you decline to deal with now in the draft, right? So... I'd probably rather take a rookie tight end than a rookie edge rusher at the minute. So, yeah, I think you've got it exactly right. I think, I think that having having looked down the sort of lists of tight ends this week, spent spent some time in it. I think there's some diamonds in the rough there compared to the edge rushers, which will you know they they do go off the board quicker mm-hmm. anyway. And um, I don't think the class is as deep. There's some good people in the class, but. You can't guarantee you're going to get one of them. So then you'd be left drafting, you know, the best player available at that position. You're backed into a corner in the draft. Yeah. Whereas they don't have to go tight end with their second pick. Whether if they didn't, if they they'd have to go with that second pick would have to be an edge rusher, whoever was there, whoever was available. Mm. So I don't think they'd want to do that. And I imagine that you want to keep Dupree Dave being his number one fan. After all the love I've shown to Stud Dupree this season, if I did a 360 now, I'd be a hypocrite. <laughs> no, I, it's, to me, it'd be lovely to have all that extra cap space or a, a bit of extra cap space. But to me, he's got to stay around. If you want to keep this defense as dominant as it is, you have to keep him around. I, I don't see another way of doing it. Yeah. I think I think the fact that Chicolo is going to go as well, or Chiquilo is going to go as well, um, you know, you're losing two edge rushers. Not that you know, Chico is a squad player, but 
you know, you, you're seriously depleting your ranks of of players there. So yeah, so uh, it, was, it was it was based on the the idea that Bud, as we know, has only been a real one one year kind of performer up to that high level. And I do um, think there's credence in that, by the way. And I, I've mentioned that before, right? That I think there is a chance that next year we see Bud Dupree regress. I, I do think that's a possibility. Um, I, because we see that a lot with players, right? Players that in the year of the... Con- it's not necessarily a, even a, a cognitive thing, right? It's not that Bud Dupree's thinking, well, you know, I'm going to start playing well now because it's a contract year. Uh, but but it does happen, right? Players can take the eye off the, you know, the off the foot off the gas pedal, if you will, and just after signing a big contract and, you know... Bud it Dupree can happen. Show it. Yeah. I, I don't think it will, though. I think this is the turning point for Bud. He was, he was let loose this season. Yeah. And I think this is the big turning point for him. I think this is the real bud now. I think this is what we're going to get from him. Yeah, I hope so. Um, just kind of bringing that up made me think, Gav, you're talking about um, the cap space situation. I keep hearing on like um, your more like generic NFL podcasts, like league-wide ones, oh, you know, every team's got so much cap space and, and you know, I know cap space isn't a problem for anyone anymore. And, this, and like, I get that that's like the case for like almost half the league at this point, but it feels like a lot of the good teams and teams that compete still have that problem right <laughs> are you, you well yeah the, the the problem is the cba i don't know why they're saying that the, the problem is it's the end of the accounting period so you can't you can't do the things you can usually do for you know the creative accounting everything's got to be tied up but yeah nice I, you're absolutely right but but even not just that i mean it just feels on a more general scale that the nation national guys are kind of saying more more and more like you know you know i know cap's not an issue so it doesn't matter what you pay a guy and you know we're talking about value of contracts and things like that and i'm just thinking well I think maybe people are declining to look at the fact that, yeah, you know, Cleveland might have $66 million to spend, but that's because, you know, Cleveland sucks, right? Like, the, t- <laughs> the teams that the teams that compete don't have that level of cap space. So, I don't know, I just think that gets overlooked a little bit. I think people just kind of assume that everyone's got loads of cap space when they don't actually look at the situation properly. So, because um, it certainly doesn't feel like the Steelers have ever been in a situation where we've had loads of cap space. I, I, I don't know where these, these people are looking at the salary cap, because it doesn't look like that. I mean, if a team doesn't have a franchise quarterback or it's got a good quarterback on a rookie deal, then yeah, they've got loads of cap space. But as soon as that quarterback needs a big contract, they're getting paid, yeah. and they're, they're suddenly they're in cap difficulty. Yeah, look at the, what the Chiefs are going to be been soon. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the thing with it with with cap space. Like you say, you hear all these people saying about loads of cap space, but it's not about how much money you've got in your pocket. It's spending it wisely. To me, yeah, it's like it's like anything. You can have thousands of pounds, but you don't spend it wisely. You've got nothing. You know, it's it, it to me. Steelers have always spent money wisely and been sensible about it. So they might have nothing in their pocket to spend, but they've spent what they've bought. They've bought wisely and with reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the moment, the Steelers are the third worst in in available cap space in front of the Jags and the Vikings. I mean, the Jags are just in. That's brutal. I guess it, that's, partly that's, um, that's Nick Foles. That's, Nick Foles. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, maybe they're trying. Yeah. They the might be able to get out of that, but that's tough. And then, you know, you've got teams like the Dolphins that got, you know, a whole team's worth <laughs> cap crazy, space. Right? And the Colts and the Bills and the Bucks and the Cowboys, then the Broncos. You know, you've got the team, they, they, they have got a lot of cap space. So, yes, there are teams with loads of cap space and there's teams with not cap space. So uh, Maybe that's know. what they mean, right? Maybe they're just talking about the value of contracts when we look at guys and what they're going to get paid in free agency. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that gets overlooked a little bit. Um, that a lot of these teams don't have the, the cap space. So I don't know if increasing the, the, the cap overall is as big of a deal as people make out that it is. I think it kind of probably needs to be increased to that level. 
Um, uh, listen, success in the NFL, I think it's pretty simple, right? You, you've got to, it sounds simple, it's not simple to do, but it, it's simple to explain. You've got to develop your own guys, draft well, um, re-sign the guys that play well for your own team, and, uh, and then you use free agency to kind of go out and plug those gaps that, that are unexpected needs, right? Like Tyron Matthew for the Chiefs last year. Yeah, you sprinkle in a few. Yeah. If you're going out, if you're if you're in this free agent market looking to bring in Philip Rivers or Tom Brady or or one of these guys that's around at the moment, you're not you're not in a win now mode. You're you're in you're in hunting for success because you've had a bad season. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's not the way to go. No. Okay. Well, um, tight ends, Gav. Yeah. Are we are we on to yeah. this? Right. Okay. Well, first position we we mentioned last week we we're going to start diving into positions. Uh, in, a, in a slightly deeper way. Now, what I've noticed from doing this exercise, Gav, is that it, it is still a little bit difficult because, like I said, it, it's still a little bit early in the process. I mean, I suppose this will start to change as the combine kind of rolls around and all the scouts catch up with everyone. But um, I was able to go about and get quite a bit of information on, on a fair few guys that were interesting. And, and um, but, but before we do that, kind of, do you want to kind of sum up how, how you feel about this draft cast in general a little bit from the tight end perspective and, and kind of the level of depth and, and what you kind of think of the class as a whole? Yeah, I'm excited, but I know quite a few people are down on this class, but I'm quite excited. I think there's there's no clear number one, and there's quite a few guys that I think could do a job for the Steelers, and 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 or, or in the mold that the Steelers like. They're not they're not round one guys, so they're going to be available. And then and also there's quite a few guys that are going to be later in the draft that that I think could fit what the Steelers want as well. So I, I'm excited by it. I, I'm really excited to see the combine. There's 20 guys going. Um, and all of the ones that we're probably going to talk about will be at the combine, so it's a great opportunity to kind of make sure they measure up to the the measurables we've got on paper already, and and also just check how they perform, especially the small the small school guys. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think the tight ends surprised me a little bit. With some of the depth that was there, like like we say, I, I was kind of going off what you'd said up until now with with some of the top couple of names and and you kind of laughed off any suggestion that there'd be a first round tight end or even and i was looking at some of the mock drafts right and, and a lot of the mock drafts i'm seeing pff's mock draft for example two round mock draft they did a couple of days ago the first tight end that went was was to the steelers right so yeah it, it could be a case of you know we have our selection of any tight end on the board if you know if we wish to do that so um i think it's possible yeah i yeah. definitely think it's possible that they're all tight ends are on the draft I mean, yeah. are on the board Certainly at possible. the Steelers pick. I mean, it's, there's a couple that are kind of trendy guys to yes. go beforehand, but um, yeah, I think it's possible. Okay. Uh, Dave, do you got anything to add before we kind of jump into... Uh, I'll, I kind of let Gav st- decide where he wants to start, but... <laughs> With good reason. No, yeah, I've got nothing really to, to add to that. Like you said, there's a lot of guys low down that I've, as you sort of research them, you go, well, actually, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not all that bad, really. And like I say, it's been this class as a whole has been sort of shunned as not being that deep. But it's it's surprising when you actually do delve into it that there's actually more there than you think. Mm. Uh, and it's worth bearing in mind, not everyone's great, right? I, I think no, <laughs> what we're no, gonna, no. what we're going to do, we should probably lay out, you know, ahead of time. Uh, we are not draft experts, right? Go and subsidise your knowledge listening to uh, you know Pro Football Focus's podcast or. Uh, you know, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, right? Go, go listen to actual scouts. But, you know, we're here to try and kind of um, get some names out there and get a feel for each position and, and see how we feel about a few guys. And um, Yeah, I think it's, for, for, for me, it's kind of, I like watching maybe, you know, two or three sort of cut-up games. Yes. And then, and trying to get a feel for the player. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert on these kind of things, but I like to get an idea and then watch the combine and see how they all stack up and then 
then we'll kind of really know the players and hopefully then we can have a little bit more insight. But what I wanted to start with was discuss what type of tight end you think is needed for the Steelers because maybe that will play into who we should kind of think about. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a really pertinent point as I was going through this draft class because, uh, you know, as we get, you know, more modern and modern, the more modern tight end becomes more of a receiver and less of a blocker, right? And I think that uh, there's quite a few of those guys in this class and and um, I, I kind of want a, a big rangy guy, a guy who's a kind of a red zone weapon. I think I spoke about that last week. Um, you know, we, we're probably going to keep either Vanette or McDonald, right? And we, we're probably going to have Zach Gentry sitting around. So this is probably going to be somewhere, someone to go in that mix who can hopefully emerge as the number one tight end long term. But uh, yeah, I, I want a big guy, a guy with a wide catch radius, a kind of a strong guy, the, the, the point of the catch. And yeah, no, someone who can also add a little in the blocking game, maybe someone who's not as athletic because, you, you know, you've got to concede somewhere, right? But yeah. What are your thoughts, Gav? Well, I mean, I, 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 I'm I, more sort of taken to, yeah, the bigger, tougher, better blocker. Mm. And um, I think I probably mentioned before one of my favourite um, uh, draft scouts on YouTube, Vach Lombardi, he, he's got a thing, ass whoop, right? So I want to play with some ass whoop. You know, he's going to get down. He's, he's a bit nasty. You know, he can... You know he's going to bully some defensive backs in, yep. in in you know in open space or or make you know make some difficult blocks for against pass rushers in pass pro or move some backers around or yeah you know just just create create some some difficulty in in the line and and not not you know seal the edge that kind of stuff that's 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 what I think the Steelers need I think you know like like the stuff that uh, Vance McDonald does when he's trucking downfield blowing guys you know into another dimension with stiff arms and just running over them. So I, that, I've kind of been taken towards that kind of characteristic more than the kind of shifty receiver type in, yeah. in my analysis. I think I fall somewhere between the two of you. I like a guy with a mean streak, but athletic as well, if that, if that makes sense, if, if there's a happy medium between the two. Um, I, think, I think that exists. I think there's, there's a guy that can be athletic and mean as well, but... Yeah, certainly. Yeah, uh, I mean, look at a guy like uh, George Kittle, right? I think he would be the ideal um, tight end for. The, I mean, it's probably the ideal tight end, full stop, right? <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, he's exactly the kind of guy you want on the field. Um, but I think his background was more of a blocker. He came from. Yes. He came in the through the draft process, being being categorised as one of the blockers rather than one of these kind of shifty. H back types, right? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, he was a blocker, and he, and he still is, right? You can t- you can see that. You, even just looking at Super Bowl, you can see that. But because I think you know, if you if you've got a tight end that can catch but is an excellent blocker, then that's that's a three down player right there. Because yes. you can you can you know it opens up your play, but you can keep them on the field. You don't need to you know they don't come running in on on third down with a you know flashing warning signs going that oh here comes a you know a passing threat. Mm-hmm. You know he could still be coming into block, so you can scheme up some stuff with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gav, do you want to kind of? I don't know if you want to start with a with a, pl- a particular player, or do you want to kind of do it as uh, who you would most like the Steelers to take first, and we kind of go around the around the room. Uh, how would you like to? to well, I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, I've got I've got in front of me. Hang on, eight names I've got in front of me, um, and some of them I like more than others. Yeah, but I how know. many how many guys, how many guys did you go into? I've got nine. Okay, so why don't you read out your, your list of nine you went through? Okay, right. Well, well I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll start at the top with, with a familiar name because it's a guy, you know, I'd love. Um, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion he might be the one tight end that goes 
um, prior to the Steelers pick, although there's another name that might also jump in that conversation, but um, Adam Troutman, right? Uh, a great place to start because he's probably the guy we've spoken most about already um, from Dayton, Ohio. Um, small school guy, which is obviously the um, kind of generic knock on him and, and any guy that comes out of a small school, but kind of blew up in the senior bowl, right? And that's where we started talking about him. Had a great game, had a great week of practice at the senior bowl, kind of proved that he could stand on his own against these uh, more known entities and guys that had been on the national stage for longer. Um, I really like... Adam Troutman and going back into his tape and I know he's playing you know poor competition and he's putting up kind of you know crazy you know video game numbers but you can just see why he's a mismatch um, against those kind of guys and the fact that he goes to the senior bowl and dominates kind of helps me put that concern to rest um, he kind of reminds me of, do you remember um, Adam Shaheen a couple of years ago yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he got drafted by the Bears right um, was a similar kind of situation. He was like a Division Three kind of guy who ended up going, I think, in the second round, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that's kind of a similar trajectory that I could see uh, Adam Troutman going on. I know he's a bit of a hype bunny now, and I could really see him going maybe even before the Steelers pick because I could see him be the first tight end, to be honest. Is, is that crazy, do you think, Gav? No. Um, not on the trajectory he's on. With the tra- I mean, obviously, we'll see how it... I'm assuming he's going to the Combine, right? I would be very surprised if he wasn't but um, oh yeah no he's yeah, yeah, yeah he's one um, of the names, yeah. so yeah we'll see how all that goes and obviously there's a long way to go yet but this is the guy that kind of um excites me most from um an upside and with that number two uh, sorry with that second round pick perspective um i mean he's got a great frame but he's also very athletic and he, he's clearly explosive right i mean he just jumps up and he's very vertical and can high point the football and again we're watching lower competition so it is sometimes difficult to evaluate him when you're kind of watching the tape and obviously the tape's a little bit <laughs> a little bit less impressive than some of the division one guys right but, yeah i mean the guy's six six and 251 right yeah and he looks like he's playing against kids that are playing exactly. peewee football I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't judge anything on the tape. Unfortunately, but it's just he's just running through guys. It's like you know, it's ridiculous. What's the thing that they always say now nowadays about what you want from a, a tight end? Uh, you know, is a guy with a basketball background, right? We see that more and more and more now. And this is a guy with a basketball background, and you can see it, right? He boxes guys out, and he, he's he's just so much stronger than guys when he's trying to hide. But you know, you put a five five foot ten DB or, or even a linebacker right on him, and it, they have no chance when he's up in the air and the ball's thrown high. So this is a guy that's a red zone weapon. You know, you throw the ball in the right place with a, with a little bit of accuracy, and, and he's going to go up there and win it for you in the red zone. So he's the guy that stands out to me that I would would love to see the Steelers draft in the second round, if at all possible. Yeah, I mean he's got a complete skill set and he and he's solid athletically. So yeah, it's just it's just kind of a case of where now he just needs to solidify that position of of where he is. You know, we just want to see how he catches and how he moves at the at the combine, right? And how he runs and all those things. So yeah. The f- the funny thing about being a small school guy is as well. Just sorry, just before we let Dave have a, have a mention of him, is sometimes you can kind of look at it as a downside because you know he's playing against a lot of competition. But you can also kind of look at it as a bit of an upside that you know he's got a lot of untapped potential, right? He hasn't maybe had the same um, benefits that some of these guys have had in in higher division schools. There's probably a lot of untapped potential there, so that's the other thing. And watching him, I kind of what I like. That's the other thing I like to do is I think one of the underrated tenets of of scouting is the personality of these guys, right? A lot of the time, and and the kind of the uh, the way they come across, because I think that can sometimes be, you know, if not as important, then you know, a good factor of success is the effort they're going to put in and and things like that. Uh, he comes across well just from an interview perspective and some of the conferences, press conferences that I watched of him and interviews that I saw of him. So that's another thing that I kind of like to pay attention to. Yeah. 
Dave, yeah. do you watch much? Yeah, he, he was actually number one on my list as well. I'm quite glad you said that now. Um, I'm starting to wonder whether we're going to start seeing more guys from a basketball background sort of being brought, particularly in tight end, just because there's a couple, I think there's a couple of, a few guys yeah. in this draft too in tight end that have been players, basketball players in the past. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name, but it escapes me. But I was looking at another guy quite low down um, who has not very much football experience, but was a basketball player for like two or three years or something for another, for another college. Um, so I think we're going to see more of that. I hope we do anyway, because it's, it's clearly um, a body type that fits the position pretty well. You know, tall guys, long arms, um, just the sort of the bulk they lack, I suppose. But like we're saying, tight end is moving more towards almost like an extra receiver rather than a, a, a guy that blocks primarily, you know. Um, but no, I, I'm pretty high on him. I'd, I'd love to see him being taken for our uh, second round pick, but it's whether he's still on the board at that point. Mm. Um, I hope he is. Um, it's just um, who else has got the same idea as us? Who's who's looking at him as well? Yeah, we'll see how quickly he rises up draft boards, right? Mm. Right. So, who, who's uh, your other guy that you were saying might be in the first first draft, uh, first tight end drafted? bracket well well i say that now now i'm looking through the list and it's weird right there's about three or four guys that you could maybe make that argument for but the name that i'm seeing come up probably a little bit more than the rest is bryson hopkins right out of purdue yeah um quite a lot of people seem to have him as the number one tight end um alex Gazora came out and said that he had him as the tight end he'd like the Steelers to take this week um and it's mainly because he's got a lot of production right i, I mean six foot four 241 pounds so he's got he's got the he's not quite the um the he's not got the height and quite the physical presence. I don't think that Adam Shaheen does. Uh, Adam Shaheen, Adam. He's, <laughs> Adam he's six five, he's six five two forty five. So it's got five. good good weight and good height. I mean that's kind of right in the zone. The two four five, isn't it? But it's, the, double, it's the production. Though, I mean, he, that, yeah. he's he's gone for nearly two thousand yards over his four year career. Right, he's a senior. Um, so I mean, you don't see production like that from many draftable tight ends. It's usually guys with low end lower end production because they only start maybe for one or two years. So that's a big thing that I think a lot of scouts like. Um, He's know. what I, what jumps off the tape when you watch him is how fluid and agile he is. I mean, he's so smooth. And at times, at first, I kind of didn't like him because I thought his route running was too kind of soft and lazy. He's just kind of lolloping. Yes. Yeah. And and I kind of thought, oh, he's got he's not explosive. He's just kind of lazy. So, but then the more you watch it, you realise he's he's actually got a lot of speed. And his smoothness, it just makes him look slower than what he's going. And he's got amazing balance and body control and agility. I mean, he can do some crazy things and he creates separation through this kind of incredible, I don't know how he's, whether it, whether he's a gymnast or what his background is, but he's just, he's just the way he moves. He's like a cat out there. Um, so so that, that's something to like. But I don't like, what I don't like about him is his lack of arse whoop and aggression. He <laughs> seems soft. And not soft, soft's the wrong word. I, you, you can't play American football and be soft. But he, he just doesn't seem that have that arsehole. He doesn't want to hit people. He doesn't want to block, doesn't finish plays, lets people get away from him. And for that, I don't want him. From what I've read, and it's not something you're going to see in tape because who's going to put drops in tape? But apparently he's has struggled with inconsistent being inconsistent as a catcher, like just not, yeah. not squeezing the ball, drops of just sort of getting lazy. PFF has yeah, said that he had, of 152 uh, potentially catchable balls, he dropped 22 of them, which you know is a, is a concerning number of you know catchable balls. 
Having said that, he's got a good catch radius, and and he uses his body control well to to kind of make those catches. Yeah, you he, do he, see some. He's one of the some, tight ends some, that looks kind of almost better, a little bit kind of vertically, right? Um, mm-hmm. Kind of tracking the ball yeah. on kind of maybe deeper throws. Um, yeah, but he's not a body catcher. He can catch with yeah. his hands. Yeah. And he can run after catch, but he doesn't run over people. He's not like breaking through. You know, he's not advanced McDonald smashing dudes down. He's he can run as long as there's no one on him. You know, but yeah. usually there isn't anyone on him because he's so good at separating through this kind of, you know, fluid, loose jazz like route running. He does route 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 running. So yeah, there's there's, there's things to like about him, and I, I wouldn't hate it if if uh, if they drafted him. It would be a good pick. You know, you could definitely use him in the receiving game, but you are getting basically a receiver. That plays tight end. Yeah, that's why. I'm, yeah, yeah I, I don't know that he's totally the the fit that I'd want. I kind of agree with you, go from that perspective. Um, I mean, if you had, if you you were bringing back Vance and you could bring in Hopkins to play as a second, you know, there's a move tight end, great. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's what's going to be happening, is it? Hmm. I think you're going to be losing Vance and the guy you're drafting is you're hoping you're kind of going to step up and be your kind of number one tight end, hopefully. Yeah. Well, kind of speaking about that, I mean, if we if we like to move on to the next guy, Gav, uh, talking about move tight ends, I mean, PFF's two-round mock, and I referenced this earlier, the, the, I've said the tight end that went first overall in terms of tight end went to the Steelers. Uh, it was neither of those guys. It was Hunter Bryant, right, from Washington, um, who they actually have rated as the top tight end using their grading system. Now, I, I think that this guy's really athletic, really agile, um, almost kind of ramp up everything we said about... Um, uh, about Bryson Hopkins, right? But 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 ex- to the extreme. So he's less of a, a traditional tight end, less of a um, uh, a blocker, and the kind of things that you want that, that I think we've agreed that we would want from a tight end. Uh, and he's more wide receiver, right? He's a tight end by name only. It feels like so. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's undersized, six two, two thirty nine. Yeah. yeah. Back strength, aggression, same problems. He feels like someone who's going to be like a situational guy rather than being on the field all the time. Yeah. Which isn't what we want. Yeah, it's almost like uh, Jalen Samuels, almost, you know, yes. how... Yeah. yeah. I-, I, can totally I mean, see he's why bigger he grades... than Jalen Samuels. Yeah, I can totally see why he grades high, right? Because on the plays where he is influential, he is influential, right? Because he's, you know, like I say, he's a receiver, right? He's super athletic and he makes big plays. And But I'm not sure that he has much to offer, you know, in line or in a three-point stance or anything like that. I don't think he's kind of what we're going to be looking for. I don't know how much of that they're, they're really putting into the, the formula over there at PFF, but... This isn't a guy I would go near with a with a ten foot badge ball for the Steelers. You know, assuming we're in the second and third round, like like we assume. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, you got uh, you want to announce the next guy, Gav? Well, uh, I mean, the guy that's we've got to mention here at this point is one of the other ones that's one of the top tight ends is uh, Cole Komet from Notre Dame, right? Uh, he's good size, six four, uh, two thirty five, so not massive, but he can bulk out. Um, Smooth route runner, uh, high points to pull well. But again, for me, lacks a bit of that arse whoop and gets, gets, gets shedded in blocks too easy. So he's kind of on the more on the receiving scale. And some, a lot of people have got him as their number one tight end. And I just, I just don't see what he does well enough. Well, that's the thing. I think the reason that a lot of people kind of have him is that I think he's, he's almost the safest, the safest tight end. He, he's, he's, uh, Kind of, kind of good at everything, but not, doesn't excel anywhere. I mean, I, I think maybe to use a draft cliche, um, high floor, low ceiling, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen him 
play play like a fullback and actually you know hit the hole as a lead blocker for the running back. So there's there's definite things you could do with him, but but he's not an it, exciting get, athlete. Exactly, that's yeah. what I was going to say. It doesn't get me excited. I don't watch the tape and go, "This is a guy I want." Whereas there's there's a couple of guys coming up next. I think we're going to talk about that do get me excited yeah. and get me sort of my juices, my tight end juices flowing. Okay. Well, I, and I, I agree. I, I, there's a good chance I could see him being the first or second tight end off the board as well. I mean, he's in. I think all the ones we've said so far have a chance of being that first tight end. I think as we move on now, we start to get to the guys that maybe won't be the first tight end, you know, unless the Steelers take them. Um, but but uh, yeah. So is that fair to say? Do you think, Gab? Yeah. Um, yeah. The next guy, and I think maybe a guy you're talking about, but we'll see. Um, that I've got down here, Thaddeus Moss. I I haven't actually gone into too much of his tape. Okay. To be honest. Okay. But yeah, you'd have to you'd have to lead you'd have to lead the way on him. That's fine. Well, well is, 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 am I right in saying he's Randy Moss's uh, exactly relative? Yeah. He's Randy Moss's he's Randy Moss's son, right? Right. So, there you go. I, I mean, first of all, I, I love bloodlines. I probably overrate bloodlines to be honest, right? But I think that it, more than anything, it shows that kind of effort and work. I think you're going to get you, Rand, Randy Moss's son is not going to be a half-ass player, right? Um, in the same way that T.J. Watt isn't a half-ass player. Um. But also what I kind of like about Thaddeus Moss is that, and I think quite a few Steelers fans are starting to kind of get on this hype train a little bit that, that he might be the Steelers pick, is that he is the guy that we are probably talking about, we're looking for. He's the best tight, He's the best blocker in this tight end class, seemingly by a Are you sure? Well, uh, that seems to be the prevailing narrative, Gav. <laughs> okay, I might have a, something different to say about that, well, but okay, go on. Carry on, carry on. Look a little deeper into it. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what you think. Yeah, but, I need, I'll watch some tape. Okay, I'll, I'll go away and do a deep dive on his tape this week and um, come back. But, but but the other thing is, he's, I know he's jumped out late, and this this is the thing, right? He's got he's had a big game in the National Championship game. Um, he's kind of overtaken the other guy. He's also a draftable tight end this year um, in LSU, whose name escapes me because he's kind of a little bit lower down. Sullivan. Uh, Sullivan, yeah, thank you. Um but you look at the, you know, this is very much a little bit undersized. This is six three, not not quite the same guy that we're looking at with Troutman, but um, he's still got the reach and he's got the ability to catch away from his body and he's got impressive highlight plays. Um, again, not a super explosive athlete, but but what he is is a very tough, very strong blocker and a guy who can rumble downfield. He's going to agree. He's he's a bit of a slow guy, or not not slow, but 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 he's going to be. He's not an acceleration guy, you know. He's probably he's going to run like a, maybe a four six. Um, for he, he's not going to get away from guys. He needs a bit of a runway to gear up, but he's exciting once he gets to that top level, and, and he can gain a little bit of separation at the line of scrimmage. And I think if you want a guy who's going to um, compete underneath, you know, he's not going to go vertical very often, but a guy who's going to sort of get open and be a bit of a safety blanket that we always talk about for for a young quarterback, especially maybe in a couple of years, um, who's a good blocker as well. I think this is this is a perfect kind of guy, and with those bloodlines, like I say, someone I'm very intrigued in. I think Have we got Moss his measurables? closest to my happy medium of, yeah. thump, you know, mean thumper, but athletic as well. Yes, uh, he seems a pretty mean kind of dude to he, me. He does, uh, and Gav, yeah, to, to six foot three, about two hundred twenty-five pounds is what I've got him listed as. Yeah, that's quite low. Twenty-two twenty-five. That's quite low. So he'd need to bulk out. He's he, he might well do, but what interests me about that is Gav that he's still kind of got that base level strength and and you know and and ability to kind of cause disruption at the line. So. Maybe that's just a, something that could be improved upon in terms of his, his weight and, and where he stands there. But if he's got it at two twenty five, I'd be pretty happy with him staying, you know, around two thirty, two thirty five. I'm at two twenty five. I've got it at two forty nine here. Is that his so Yeah, I, I don't know whether I'm reading uh, some sort of um, inflated figure. We'll get but clarification I, on that. But 
Um, we need to find that out. Going. Right. What have you, did you did you watch a bit of his tape then, Dave? Yeah, like I say, he just seems a bit of a um, bit of a thump, a bit of a mean guy to me, which I like. But he's like I say, he's got that athleticism to him as well. Um, like I say, with as you'd expect from or you'd want from a tight end, that big catch radius and, and what have you. But he seems like a sort of a short pass outlet for a quarterback, just because he hasn't got that speed that some guys have. He just seems that sort of guy that knows how to get open a little bit and just just be an outlet for for a quarterback struggling, which we might have potentially next season. We might potentially on having to lean on a, or we hope not, but leaning on a on a, a backup or a, a rookie again. But um, so yeah, he seems like a sort of guy that I'd want to see around. He was he was number two on my list after um, after Troutman. Right, well, so, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, clarification. I, I mean, the draft net, uh, the draft network has him at two hundred twenty-five pounds, but you, you could well be right, Dave. I mean, that he might have weighed in much higher than that at the senior. Did he go to the senior ball? Uh, he's not a senior, is he? I may have some questionable no, sources. Um, so. <laughs> It's quite a difference there. We need to get there. We need to iron that out. Yeah, uh, it's difficult though, right, with, the, with some of these because some of these guys, especially if they haven't been to the Senior Bowl, don't necessarily have updated official measurables. So <laughs> we'll see. But um, yeah, probably maybe somewhere in between is where he lies. Okay, so the next guy I want to talk about has definitely got the right size. Um, six seven, two hundred and fifty-one pounds. Oh yes. From Stanford, Colby Parkinson. You yes. watch any of this guy? Yeah. This guy jumped off the tape for me. And when you're saying about Boss well. <laughs> being the blocker, this guy can block, man. He, I got so excited. This is this is this is your Voch Lombardi, your ass whoop character. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's bullying the backfield, the the defensive backs out there. He's just beating them up, taking pleasure, just running them out of plays, smashing them to the ground. This got me so excited. Uh, now the problem with him is. He he cannot catch if it's contested. If he's covered, he isn't catching the ball. But I think you could come up. He, he can high point a ball well, so he's, he can do that kind of. What the main thing you want out of a tight end is that seam, the classic Heath Miller ten yard seam run. You know, hit him with a fastball, catch that above his head or to the body, and then just power through people. And he can do that. So as long as you can do that, and he's actually a good route runner as well. It's quite frustrating at times watching his tape because he's running an excellent route, created separation, and then he just can't catch outside of his body. It's, it's, it's quite annoying. Um, so you'd have to come up, come up with ways of using it. But I think, you know, they, he was used a lot in kind of the, the screen game, the bubble game. And I think you could, you could do that. You could, you could have a whole playbook designed around this guy to, to get him blocking in space for, you know, for other wide receivers. He's, he's a real weapon. And they'd have to respect, you know, the, the, the defense would have to respect the, the, him as, a, as a, a, a catch option. You know, they'd have to mark him. So, you know, you, you're going to create mismatches all around the place. So I love this guy. And he's explosive off the line of scrimmage and, and just, yeah, his quick first step. And, and, and a lot of the tape you watch, he's double covered because they're, they're just so terrified of him. Even though he can't catch, so yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love it if they drafted this guy. Because I wasn't expecting to like him this much, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed watching him. And I think the, the best blocker I've seen in this class so far, for sure. Could potentially be a second Zach Banner then. Yeah, well, like a, a cult, a cult figure, a cult hero. Yeah, yeah, who can't catch. <laughs> he sort of, he kind of reminded me a little bit of. I can't, I can't, I should have looked this up. Um, reminded me, maybe it's just the, the school, but the the guy that came in with Andrew Luck. Um, the tight end, you remember? Maybe before your time. Oh, he, he, yeah, he lasted. He lasted. He finished up his rookie deal, I think, and then he got injured or something. But wasn't the best catcher, but kind of bullied people out and was always a threat on the field. It kind of reminded me of him. 
but yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm glad you you've, you're so excited about him because he he was probably the tight end I was mostly I, I didn't bring him up yet because I thought he was like maybe a little bit of a a kind of maybe a late a start of day three kind of guy um, in terms of where he might go. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I was super excited watching him as well. Did, did you watch that catch he had against Oregon? Um, I, I think I've watched every tight, every game of his that's on YouTube. So yes, I probably would have done. See, like kind of like juggling catch where he kind of, it kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's yeah, underthrown and he kind of like um, he just kind of taps it because his arms are so long. He's yeah. his catch radius is crazy and he kind of just taps it over a DB and then grabs it with his other hand. Oh, what a catch! Um, yeah, I, I mean, he has the... He has the uh, if, if he can just... Yeah, you're right. If he could just kind of secure that... And that, that, that's coachable a little bit. I mean, he's only 21 as well, which is also pretty exciting about him. Um, yeah. You know, he's coming out of Stanford, so he's a Stanford guy. There's a lot of upside, right, as well. Yeah. Um, it, it might be a kind of a guy who you develop and, and maybe makes more of an impact in um, a couple, two or three years, maybe than in year one, right? But, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think he's super exciting. I think his, his measurables are off the charts, so... Um, yeah, and you, you watch the tape and he's just... He just dominates the game, and he just yeah. jumps out at the view as being the, the the best player on the field at Stanford. It's not like, and they're playing against good opposition as well, you know. So it's just like this guy. I don't know why he's not being more talked about. I guess it's the, it's the, the inability to catch, you know, to to make contested catches. I guess that's a big knock. If you know, I think perhaps we've got slightly different opinion about what a tight end should be because we've been come, you know, grown up watching the Steelers or whatever. Maybe. You know, I think maybe the NFL values tight ends differently as well to the kind of, you know, the fantasy kind of tight end, you know, the fantasy football kind of generation of, you know, what a tight end should be. You know, the kind of um, Antonio Gates kind of catching and, you know, it's, maybe you don't always want that from your tight end. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, where would you see him maybe going in, in the draft, in your opinion? You think? Oh, God, it's so hard. I mean, I, I, he's outside. I mean, so... PFF got he's outside their top ten. He's out of their top uh, 100 players. He's uh, eighth on the draft. One of the is it Jordan Reed does the draft network. He's eighth on this on their tight end ranking. He was he was actually third on the Walter with that, which is the early the way before you know often before the year before that the players come out they get ranked by Walter Walter Football. He's actually third in that list. So they, they, he obviously liked him. Well, yeah, but, uh, yeah, he could be a guy who maybe jumps jumps up because obviously he's a young guy, right? So he's not really been on the the stage yet. But if he's at the combine, it could be a guy who maybe people get eyes on and are a little bit more impressive in him uh, in underwear than they were. Uh, on the tape. Definitely interested seeing seeing some of those catching drills like the mm. gauntlets and stuff, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally wouldn't be too upset if we were looking at him even as early as the the fourth round, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but. Um, I think that would be a great way to maybe free up that pick from the second round for for some other area of need as well. A guy like him. Yeah. I could just see another team wanting him and liking him though. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, hell, uh, maybe even that uh, third round uh, comp Comp pick. I can't say that word. We've discussed this, but (laughs) compensatory. Uh, Compensatory pick. Yeah. Um, We'll see. We'll see. But I think he's a great that that red zone weapon. I'm talking about. I'd love him. Um, a couple of the guys that um, we've not mentioned yet, um, Jared Pinkney um, out of Vanderbilt. Gav, you, you watch uh, him? Is he on your list? Well, yeah, I've been I've been on this guy for a while. He's kind of my been my aside. I think Colby Colby Parkinson's now pushing him for my favourite tight end. But this guy has been my favourite prospect for a while now, and yeah, I like him. So maybe maybe I think I've been, I've mentioned him on every podcast yeah. for the last month or so. So I think maybe you guys should say what you've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name was mainly in my head because. Uh, because of you as well so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's not my favourite tight end in this class. I think I'm probably a little bit more enamoured, like you say, with, with Kobe Parkinson and with uh, Thaddeus Moss and with uh, Adam Troutman. But um, I, I, I wouldn't be upset if we drafted um, Jared Pinkney at all. I, I think maybe his, his ceiling isn't quite as high as a couple of those guys, but um, he's got uh, he's not super explosive. I don't think I've maybe you disagree with me on that, but but I think no, no, I agree. I don't think he is. I think he's he's sort of fast enough, but not yeah. not you wouldn't say fast. You know? Yes, exactly right. I, I got into a—I don't know if you saw—I got into an online th- discussion with someone about tight ends, and and they said they were questioning why I like Pinkney so much because the guy said Pinkney is is slow as molasses. Now I think that's unfair. <laughs> he's not. No, he's not that slow. I, I imagine he'll probably run like similar to to Thaddeus Moss, right? Like a, like a fa- four six maybe, um, which isn't fast, but isn't you know the end of the world. It isn't slow for a tight end, right? It's it's perfectly serviceable. Four six uh, would be very fast. Four six would be definitely fast enough. Yeah. Anything under five, I think, is serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, he doesn't need to be a runaway guy. I mean, and and what what was interesting watching watching some of the tape and watching one of the I can't remember who it was now, unfortunately, but one of the guys kind of breaking down his tape was um, that yeah, he's not super speedy, not super explosive, but he does have a little bit of kind of burst and wiggle at the line of scrimmage that enables him to kind of free up a little bit of separation for for a quick pass or for a kind of a blanket pass. Um, so, you know, he doesn't offer a lot in terms of... He's, you're not going to get great yards after catch or, or anything like that, but he, but he's got the strength to hold off a kind of lazy tackle or, or, or uh, you know, a poor tackle. So, he, you know, he could certainly rumble down the field a little bit, but but he's not an exciting uh, athlete. Um, what is it that got you super, super jazzed about Pinkney in the first place, Gav? It's the arse whoop. That's what I like about him. <laughs> Comes back to the arse whoop. He, he, he's aggressive and he's he's a... He's not an amazing technical blocker, but he's committed and he gets people turned and creates rush, you know, run lanes. And yeah, I, I just, I like that. And also he, a lot of his production came catching balls over the middle, you know, between the numbers. And, and that's exactly where the Steelers sort of hole in their passing game has been. So I can just, I don't know. He just had a vibe about him that he just looked like a Steeler to me. I don't know. He just looks aggressive and can, can catch the balls when required, but the, the offense isn't going to flow through him. Like, you know, like a Kittle or a, um, uh, Ertz or uh, you know um, the one for the Chiefs whose name escapes me Kelsey, um, Kelsey. but he'd come in and do a good job he's, he's a good all-rounder he's got a, a high floor and like you say a sort of slightly lower ceiling but it's what you want out of that kind of solid tight end you know it's, it's, like you say good cuts good run after catch you know he gets up to speed when he gets up to speed he's fine it's just he doesn't got that burst but he's got a good catch radius you know he's going to be good for a kind of couple first downs uh, create some spaces, you know, create some rushing lanes, and that's what I want. Yeah. Fairly promising blocker as well, right? Yeah, and 6'4", 260. I mean, a 260, man. I mean, he's, yeah. he's got good size, good weight. Also, yeah. uh, one of the other guys that came across really well as well from the, the kind of the interviews and things I watched him, but wants to be a broadcast journalist after he finishes football. So watch out. Yeah, maybe, we'll ha- maybe, we'll, maybe, we can, maybe we can get him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the one disappointing thing was um, he, he, didn't, I mean, he didn't have a bad senior bowl in terms of the game itself, but he didn't stand out. And I was really hoping that he kind of stood out because he had, I think his, his, his draft stocks cooled this year because he suffered a little bit from bad play at Vanderbilt compared to previous seasons where he was one of the top prospects coming in. So, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, we'll see. We'll see where he goes. Interesting one to follow for sure. What do you think of him, Dave? Um, I think he strikes me as a sort of big body blocker type, but his shortfall in athleticism was enough to sort of put me off, really. He's not going to give you anything after the catch. 
but he is, like I say, he is that sort of tough guy. But I don't know. I think maybe we've been a bit spoilt with what Vance is able to do with just chucking through guys. Maybe that sort of spoilt my view of what I want in a tight end. But it's not really him, I don't think. So that made him fall down in my opinion of him. Maybe that's a bit mean. Is that a bit mean? Hey, listen, no, no, like no. Yeah, no, it's good to have some conflict. Conflict is drama, and drama is interesting. So, yeah, it's good that we yeah. disagree. Yeah, he's he, he didn't actually make my list despite him. I say he's, he's, I say he is good as a blocking tight end, but to me, we don't need a blocking tight end. We need a guy who can do it all. To, to kind of summarise what you're saying, Dave, to put a little bit, bit, bit of bow on it, if you don't mind, the, the way I thought of it was, what is he adding that we don't necessarily or, already have? Are we just adding another guy that is like, well, you know, we're still going to have a need for tight end the year after we've drafted him? Yeah. Yeah. That I was mean, my kind of right. thought on it. Can I answer that? I think yeah. I think he, he brings the, the, the passing over the middle between the numbers, and I think he brings some aggression and some, some blocking to the, to the run game. Hmm that um, perhaps has been lacking a little bit. But I'm not saying that's down on Vance, but Vance had a bit of a down year, whether he's yeah. carrying injuries or whatever, but I think he'll bring some, some hard-nosed Steelers tight-end football. To okay. be honest, I'm, wor- I'm working on the assumption that Vance isn't going to be here next season. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we'll, so we'll see about it's that. Sort of a, I'm looking for a replacement of Vance, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, he's got, that. Vance, please. he's got that. He's got that. He's got some cuts and moves, you know. And he's tough, so he could. I think he could grow into a kind of Vance. I think you know, Vanette has got. He's quite a good, a, a good, a, a solid blocker, but he's he's a good kind of pass catching tight end. I think from what we've seen yeah. of him, well, certainly you can get like a sort of, you know, a ten yard reception. So I think I think we need some of that. Somebody asked what. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Gav. I, you need to go watch some Thaddeus Moss, right? Seriously, I, I think you'd like him. <laughs> Okay. Know what you're saying. I, I hope that you do. I, I think he's uh, up your street. Um, so, uh, speaking of guys that, that kind of I wasn't entirely sold on, maybe as much as the wider uh, college community, um, Harrison Bryant, you, you look at him, Gav? I like him. Um, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't totally sold. Because this is a similar situation. He's, he's at Florida Atlantic, right? So, not a top, top kind of school. Um, a lot of production, over a thousand yards in 2019, which again, I mean, way more. But but again, the competition, eh. uh, top production is a receiving threat, but uh, more of a receiver than anything else. I I, I felt uh, he's a what, slot wide receiver. Yeah, basically. he's a slot receiver. He, he's a guy who's he's bringing a great deal of strength, you know, and stuff. But he's not a great blocker. He doesn't have a lot of the the things that I think we're looking for. But but tell me why you thought he was a, a good option, guy. Well, I, I had the exact same concept of him as you until the senior bowl where he showed that he could block. They used him time and time again as an inline blocker and a blocker in space, and he did it all. So uh, he's, he, he, to me, he moved up my kind of estimations because he he's got a good frame. He's 6'5", but he's, he's only 240. Um, and and, the, knot, and the, the kind of knot was, you know, lack size and, and maybe, you know, was untested as a blocker. I I, I thought in that game he proved he could block because he did I it time to, and time again. Maybe I need to go back and kind of look at him in the senior bowl a little bit. I, well, I, I don't think I even looked at his senior bowl specifically. When I look back at the, each player, I don't think I even found his senior bowl stuff. So. Well, you obviously weren't listening to my rundown of the uh, senior bowl because <laughs> I brought it up. <laughs> from, from what I've read about him, though, he's never been, well, not used 
on the line of scrimmage by his colleagues. No, he wasn't. He so, wasn't. But so, he was, so surely he was, they know something better than senior. Bowl I think coach, that came down to, down to their their program because in the in the senior bowl he did it over and over again. You honestly watch it again. He just he 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 was kind of in motion. You know, coming pulling across across the formation and blocking on the on the opposite edge from where he started and and creating openings at, at the point of attack. And that was where the play always seemed to run through. It totally changed what I thought of him. I could be wrong, but that that's what I saw. It's worth saying as well. It's not it's not just that you can't block that that you know, I, I wasn't just saying he wasn't a blocker. Um I, I also wasn't super jazzed about I mean he has a lot of production, but again, like I say, it didn't stand out to me the same way that the Troutmans did. Um, no. You know. What I'd say is that out of all the kind of more receiving receivery tight ends like the Hopkins, the Bryants and um the Cole Comets, I think Harrison Bryant excites me more than those, those other three guys. Okay. Don't and and, and Stephen Sullivan's the other kind of real receiving tight end, right? So. Do you want to? Did um, you sort of take a look at Stephen Sullivan? Because I haven't taken a deep look at him. So do you? Have you got I've a... ignored him because oh, he's okay. a converted wide receiver. So you know what you're getting: someone that cannot block, cannot do anything in line, can't do anything in a three-point stance, and is 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 learning that and. He might he might develop into a great a great tight end, but I don't think that's what the Steelers need right now. You know, they don't need someone that they're trying to teach how to be a tight end. Yep. They've got enough stuff that's on their plate. Awesome. Um, now, well, can I bring up a, a bit of a have you got anyone left, uh, Gav? That we I have, I've got a guy I don't like. I've got uh, a guy. Okay. We, we both kind of liked from someone else's mock draft, and then another guy that I like as well that's maybe a bit of a sleeper. Oh well, I'll tell you. What, well, you jump into a couple then, because it seems like you've got a few that I don't. Uh, well, there's a guy Assi Assi, right? Oh, sorry, um, yeah, I, I didn't include him on this list, but yeah, obviously we spoke about him last I, week. Yeah, yeah, we spoke about him last week. Still waiting for more tape or something to come out on the guy. Hard to find anything really thing. But what the good news is is that he got a combine invite. Nice. So we can we can check him out and hopefully that that kind of raising of his status will mean there's more cut-ups come out onto YouTube, which is what we rely on, right, to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, do you want to go with the guy? Yeah, so, so well, the last guy, I think, that I've got that we haven't mentioned um, is a bit of a wild-card one. I assume maybe you've looked at him as well. Um, Cheyenne O'Grady? I haven't seen him. I, I know right. the only thing I know about him is he's got he's got some kind of character concerns. Isn't <laughs> yeah, he? right. So this is why this is why he's very much the wild card of this class, and and I kind of I kind of stuck him on. Um, it's kind of my last. Guy. I kind of actually finished doing what I was doing. I was I was ready to stop looking at tight ends, right? Um, and then I kind of saw him as the next name on a list, um, and was like, oh, I'll just sort of briefly check him out because he's got a couple of written scouting reports here, so maybe he's he's garnered a bit of attention. Um, so he comes out of Arkansas, um, 6'4", 248 pounds. He's listed as again. We'll see how that that goes. But it, what jumped out to me? He jumped out to me more than almost anyone other than maybe Colby Parkinson on tape straight away. Um, this guy could and perhaps should have been the number one tight end in this class. Um, Gav, he, he, wow. he is. Um, he runs routes better than anyone else I've watched on tape in this class. Um, all kinds of various. He runs across the middle like like you like, um, and I've brought up quite a few times. You know, he runs meshes, slants, uh, corner po- a very advanced route runner for, for for the age that he is and the, the time that we are. Because I know tight ends often aren't at this stage. Um, but also super tough and fights for extra yards constantly. Always falls forward in a Levian Bell style kind of way. Um, you know, you might tackle him. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's third and ten. You might tackle him after he gains four yards, but he's getting ten. You know what I mean? 
Um, mm-hmm. he, he's one of those kind of guys. He's primarily receiving threat, which you know maybe isn't perfectly in line with what we're after. But but I think he could develop as a blocker. He's got the frame for it. He, he looks he looks good on tape. You know, in terms of his size and athleticism. Um, but like you say, the problem is the off the field issues. Um, he's had a litany of of issues. He, he's been suspended, I think, two or three times from Arkansas, culminating him eventually leaving the team with three games left of this season, which you know is, is a major major red flag. Um, people still think he's draftable, but we're probably looking late day three at this point now. Um, but it, it's very much an upside pick, right? Um, he's been arrested for a DUI. He's had multiple suspensions. There's talk of a lack of effort being a main issue. Um, it'd be a flyer, but but seriously, if you've only got a time to watch a couple of plays, go watch his touchdown against Colorado State. It, it, it's obscene. He, he kind of catches the ball on the sideline, then gets gang-tackled by five guys. No exaggeration. And I know sometimes they say that and there's a guy nearby. Literally five guys have their hands on him. And he some, somehow just barges his way out of this like huddle. Thank God they didn't blow the whistle and, and scores a touchdown. It's crazy. Um, and also his awareness is awesome. He's running down. He catches this uh, this pass. I think it was a mesh route, and he's he's running uh, straight through to the corner for a touchdown. But some guy kind of dives in and grabs his arm, um, and it's not his fault. But he fumbles because his arm gets pulled back, and the ball kind of pops up in the air, open to anyone. And just the instantaneous way that he just pulls his arms up and grabs the ball out of the air, almost like a second catch on the same play, um, and spins around into the end zone. Is super, super, super uh, impressive. So. This is the guy I think that stood out to me almost more than anyone else on tape where I was really jazzed and was thinking, wow, if it, if it wasn't for the off-the-field issues, and I did watch a couple of interviews of, of him as well because I was so interested in his tape, and he did come across a little bit like maybe a bit of a knucklehead, which you know is not something I would advise drafting. But I'd be uh, interested to see because from what I've seen of him, nothing is ever contested. Is he a guy that needs to be schemed open? Is he, is he a guy that's not going to find space to sit in? Yeah, contest. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair point. I, I felt I, like I didn't see a single contested catch yeah, on any of his tape. I must admit, I think a lot of it is either short balls that we're, we're looking at coming across the middle. And the thing is, he's so explosive that he's rarely contested when he's over the middle. Right? That's I didn't true. see a lot of that. That's true. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I don't know. That's something to look at a bit deeper into when we get time to watch a, bit, a little bit more of this, right? But um, yeah, I, I don't know. He just struck me as someone that was kind of a do-it-all guy, and he does it all quite well. <laughs> but just a shame about the off-the-field stuff. Yeah, I mean, PFF have got him ranked as their number fifth tight end. And do they take into account like off the field stuff? Or... I don't know actually. They might well because they're so sort of weird grading yeah. <laughs> methods. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if he was, you know, maybe if your Steelers are going to double dip and come back in the seventh round and pick pick up a guy. If we took a guy like him in the seventh round, I would not be upset at all. I, I mean. Even the sixth, right? I think. I mean, we took a long snapper in the sixth round like two years ago, right? So, I mean, take that didn't a even make this, the team. Yeah, take a punt on this guy. I mean, this guy's got all the athletic skills that you need um, for a starting tight end, which is something you're not going to get in the sixth or seventh round normally. So, um, yeah, we'll see. All right. I've, uh, I've got a bit of a guy who's a sleeper. Oh, go on. If you'll indulge me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Please do. <laughs> uh, Matthew Wilkerson, who I have pretty much no awareness of other than what I've read about him because his tape is basically filmed by his nan on a, on his mobile phone. Yeah, his school, Edward Waters, right? I mean, yeah, it's never heard of that school before. The tape is so low budget, I think even some of Gab's <laughs> low budget movies would be going, be squinting. Oh, oh, that's, a, that's a thing. Okay. <laughs> but um, no, he he seems like a, he's a he's a big boy. He's like 6'6", 270. He's a big dude. 
but he's fast and he's athletic, but he's he's a tight end and he's a defensive end and he's an edge rusher. He's a kind of a all round athlete. So he's if you were to draft if you were to pick him as a tight end, I don't think he's don't think he's gonna get drafted. But if you were to pick him up as an undrafted guy, he could be used in a lot of different ways, I think. He seems like a sort of pure athlete guy and he's got he seems to have a uh, pretty high football IQ like he's in, he said that he's intended if his NFL career doesn't work out he's going to be he wants to be a coach so he's he's got that knowledge there mm. of the game but I don't know yeah. whether he's I, I'd love to see him be picked up not necessarily in, in the draft but afterwards in free agent you know as an undrafted guy I yeah, I mean, around. it sounds like you're, you're, you're painting the picture of an ideal uh, special team, a core special teamer. And yeah, I mean, a guy that can play both ways, so can, you know, play yeah. all four phases on the line, you know, and that sounds great. Absolutely. And he's, he seems to be, from what his teammates say about, he's a, a good leader and et cetera, et cetera. So he's the sort of guy that sort of brings the mood up around everyone. So I, 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 he's the sort of guy I'd like to be around. What was the name, I, sorry, I Dave? What was the full name? Matthew Wilkerson. Oh, Matthew Wilkerson. From uh, Edward Water College. Yeah, that's good. Good digging in the crates there, Dave. <laughs> Very much a bottom, bottom end, probably forgotten about. But though apparently he's climbed quite a bit just because of his natural athletic ability, he's climbed up and been noticed by a few scouts, including me. Yeah. <laughs> well, now he's someone we well, could get on the podcast. <laughs> Maybe talk yeah. a little bit. So he's he's the second uh, heaviest tight end. In 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 the uh, measurables I'm looking at the heaviest tight end Devin Asiasi. You see that? <laughs> and oh, yeah. if you remember, we said that we were a he's a dancing bear, right? Yeah, yeah. Not like um Albert. Now I'm going to massacre his name. Albert Okwebunar. Oh, I've seen Ok-we- this guy. Ok-we- now he's he's a he's a bear, but he's not a dancing one. Well, he's a quite a good route runner, but I I don't like this guy. What do you think? Did you watch any of him? I, I didn't get too deep into him. No, I, more just kind of a name that I came across. He he was below my list of where I'd even got to. Uh, yeah, I I I don't I don't like talking negatively about players, but I I don't want the Steelers to draft this guy. He's just he's he's a big guy that doesn't play to his size. Yeah. So that frustrates me. I just want I, you know if you if you look through it like a like a mean dude, play like a mean dude. Don't. Don't sort of get beaten on blocks by people half your size. You know, he gets gets pushed backwards. Just his frames all wrong. He gets out of shape. He's he's a good he's a good receiver. For surprising, he's sort of he's, he plays like he's completely different body shape to what he is. So um, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, we'll see. See where Speaking he goes. Of guys that are um, hard to pronounce. Did you see the guy at USC? Daniel. Uh-huh. Imata Behebi? Behebi? Yeah, Ima, when, when, Ima. When you start removing vowels, I really struggle with names. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. I'll try it. Hang on. Daniel Imato Behebi. Oh, I, I think that's kind of close. Yeah, but yeah, it's a tricky name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, at, at this point, then, as we're talking about names, I'd like to institute the um, the new segment that we're going to do on each position. Uh, best name of the, the position <laughs> Joey Magnifico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that absolutely is ace a plus name. Right? That could be in contention for the best name uh, of the draft, <laughs> Joey Magnifico. I mean, if ever there's a reason to draft a guy without knowing anything about him, uh, there we go. Wow, he he's a deep prospect. He's not even in on my list. Where's where's he from? Uh, he, uh, oh god, I did. Oh, damn it! You know, I wish I wrote down I'm the. Pretty code. sure I bought a car off that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was actually a. Um, 
a guy who kind of transferred from linebacker to playing tight end. Um, Memphis, he's on Memphis. Memphis Tigers. Okay. Wow. Um, so he's I don't know anything actually, about. Yeah, he's not actually nowhere. Like he's not. He's not a small down as whatever Edward Walters College, <laughs> whatever it was yeah. his name. Um, but yeah, I, I, listen. I've been very low. We're looking at kind of a seventh round undrafted guy, but um, very very raw guy. But but a lot of physical ability from what I saw. I'm very brief looking at him. All right. I can't. I can't give you any insight into him, but I can give you some insight into my sleeper pick, who is uh, Mitchell Wilcox from South Florida. Did you check out this guy? I think I thought that's who uh, Mitchum Wilkinson was. <laughs> I think right. I got confused between these two. Are you sure that's this year's draft? <laughs> Is he the guy that's like built like a wide receiver? Mitchell Wilcox. Yeah. No, he's sort of he's classic six five two forty five. Kind of looks looks like a good tight end. Cuts the right figure. Uh, good blocker, but they, he's kind of like um an all rounder. He's he's like an all rounder, but he just. You know, he, could, he could fight for the ball a bit more. Not the biggest catch radius, bit of a body catcher, double double clutches at balls. Um, so yeah, not the best hands. But aside from that, it's, it's pretty pretty good. I mean, used as a receiver a lot in like bubble screens and sort of creative plays. And um, one comp I've seen is Tyler Higby, which is quite an exciting comp. But um, yeah, I want to see a bit more tape. I haven't, I haven't fully kind of. I've only watched two or three games of his, but. Um, yeah, I like him. I like what I see. He's quite explosive, fast. Um, kind of more of the move tight end rather than the blocking tight end. But um, yeah, for a later round guy, again, like if you wanted to double dip, come back with maybe a fifth round, he might still be there. So yeah, mm. check him out. South Florida. Awesome. Uh, any other tight ends we've not hit on that someone's written down that we uh, should mention? Well, I don't know. Uh, you've seen Dave Bryan's mocked uh charlie werner of georgia he, he's really into him as more of a kind of blocking tight end i haven't i haven't i haven't seen a single down of football he's played so i can't really comment but he's you know dave bryant he's he's always into tight ends i think he was screaming for the, the steelers to draft kittle kittle yeah he was yeah so um you know he knows what he's doing yeah that's one to look at um yeah. Well, if, if there's if there's one uh, one or two guys then that you're going to really be keeping an eye on out of this draft class, out of all the guys we spoke about, then uh, Gav, who would you, would you say you've got? Well, definitely, definitely Colby, Parkinson, yeah. Pink still, and then and then Wilcox. Yeah, I think they're my three three okay. guys. I think I I probably say I, I definitely agree. Colby uh, Parkinson is the guy that I'm I'm kind of in love with after watching the tape. Thaddeus Moss, I think, is, is a really intriguing prospect and. I think as the draft process goes on, Gav, I think a guy who may rise to that fifth, that fifty nine pick. Uh, so keep an eye on there. I, I think there's a potential that that he's the guy, um, and obviously um, Troutman. But there's a good chance he might go before us. But also uh, the wildcard, Shane O'Grady, very interesting athlete. So uh, a few guys just to yeah. names to keep in mind. Dave. Yeah, um, Parkinson, obviously, sort of on the on the radar. Um, Troutman is obviously, like I said before, my sort of top top guy I'd want, um, want with the Steelers. Um, Cole Komet and uh, and Moss. I'd love to see my guy from uh, Enwood Waters College around in the Steelers. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad we had some different names. That's yeah, cool. yeah, that's cool. Uh, do, have you got a kind of a, a gauge on where you... Uh, again, an hour and a half. I'm surprised we went that long. But have you got a gauge on where we w- want to go next uh, next week? Well, it's good. I, I, I kind of I was desperate for us to talk about tight end, so I, why don't you? Why don't you two decide? 
Okay, well, well, we'll come back to it. We'll surprise people. Um, <laughs> then um, and we'll sort of decide in the week what we want to focus on. Um, Dave, you got a kebabs corner this week? Only. Um, that was something we sort of spoke about off air. Do you guys have... Well, are you guys going to be running to Tesco early morning to pick up a bunch of flowers for Valentine's Day? My girlfriend listens to this podcast, Dave. I, I can't discuss yeah, it I tomorrow, though, can, right? I don't think... Well, yeah, I don't think we can, uh, you know, blow our oats, as it were. Too soon. <laughs> Flick our beans, we can't. <laughs> Not flick our beans. Um, well, so yeah. So there's I, no big plans for. Is there any big plans for Valentine's we, Day? We're Ellen? just off to the cinema to watch Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Um, <laughs> that's that's our. Are you guys goal. like thirteen. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> well, listen. You, you know, I watch like every movie that comes out, so that's why it's not. It's not like a, a coordinated effort. <laughs> I'm desperately trying to remember the name of the bad guy in the Sonic games. Doctor Eggman. Like, do, yeah. It's uh, Jim Played Carrey. By Jim Carrey, yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the little fox. Who's the little fox? Is he in it? I don't know if Tails is in it, no. Tails. <laughs> I need to know. And Knuckles. Oh, yeah, Knuckles, yeah. God, that's... Uh... Did you ever play Sonic? Were you probably on like a yeah, PlayStation? I wasn't a huge Sonic guy. I mean, like, Sonic's... Yeah, I, I did play Sonic, though, yeah. But it wasn't my on, big on what, thing. On what, on what system? Uh, well, well, PS2 and then PC... Um... Because I played all the old Sonic games on PC, but all right, okay. Green, That's Hill, Green Hill Zone and yeah, yeah. Oh, because I was original Mega Drive. Yeah, yeah. Well, you would be, wouldn't you? <laughs> With my Madden '95 or whatever it was. Um, how's Dave's kebab corner turned into Sonic talk? Because <laughs> all of us are skating desperately away yeah. from the <laughs> day. What are your plans for Valentine's Day, Dave? We're going to look in each other's direction. We're going to uh, <laughs> acknowledge each other's presence. It's going to be very romantic. Now, it, it's sort of Valentine's Day to me has always been a bit of a a bit of a nothing day, isn't it? Really, everyone makes a big deal about it, and you see all these women getting flowers sent to their office and stuff. But oh, it just seems all fake. Yeah. It's all fake. It's it's disgusting, and it's just a big disgusting. reason to make money. So. so, um, so- yeah. If, yeah, if you take anything away from this podcast, uh, go watch Colby Parkinson's tape and remember that the Women's Football League and Valentine's Day is disgusting. Yeah, both, they are both <laughs> in the same ballpark for me. They're both disgusting. <laughs> I, think, I, I think Valentine's Day should be a day where you kind of, you know, you show your love, but it doesn't have to be in these ways that, you know, you have to go out for a crappy meal. and, and It's so regimented, flowers. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just, I don't think you should, buy chocolates now, think, buy flowers now, go for a meal now. Just don't conform. Do your own shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something I wanted to say there. I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, I'll go into it. All right, fine. The, the, so on the job <laughs> I'm on, yeah, there's, uh, they've gone into uh, write a poem for Valentine's Day. Right? So a lot of the... I don't like being one of these guys that's like, oh, no, I'm too cool for that. Because a lot of the blokes were like that. They're sort of like, no, I'm not doing that. So I thought, oh, no, you know what? I'll do it. I'll, I'll attempt to write a bit of poetry. I can't write poetry. But what I can do is I can write hip-hop lyrics. So I, I wrote a hip-hop lyric about, about health. There you go. Because I thought, you know, without going into it, my, my missus had some health issues in, in the last couple of years. And I re- it was made me realise that the, the most important thing you can hope for for your, for your loved ones is they have good health. So I wrote a, a, a kind of rap about health. So we'll Are see. We can, we'll see. It's, it's we in the get some live rapping on this. Yeah, show. I thought that's what this was I, going. 
Well, no, because I, I, it's in a box. So tomorrow's the big reveal, oh, and okay. I, I'm kind of secretly hoping that I win this damn thing, and that you know I can I can take the trophy as best poem. But it, it will involve I know what it will it will involve me reading it out in front of everyone, which will be embarrassing. But uh, we'll see. Or or it will just get discarded as utter rubbish, and it will go with one of the kind of you know smaltzy things the girls have one of the girls has made. So we'll see. I, I'll, I'll report back. I'm I was still, quite proud of it. Yeah, I was quite proud. Well, I, was, I, got, I got inspired. I, I, I was driving home from work, listening to some logic, and um, I was thinking, yeah, I can, I can write some things. So yeah, I had a go. Do you know logic? You, you aware of his work? I'm not. No. Oh, very good. Hip hop back. <laughs> I, I do wish you'd given us a bit of a, a sneak peek of this, but I, I didn't know I was going to bring it up until just now. It seems like a bit of a tease to, to say all this and then not uh, perform any of it. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we have an agreement that if uh, if maybe you if it goes well, will you perform it for us here? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll read it out. Yeah, for sure. I'll read it out either way. I'll, I'll, no, I, I want full on crotch grabbing, rapping going on, <laughs> parachute pants. I want all that going on. Uh, it was meant to be authentic and hot and kind of you know real, not fake. And okay. you know, yeah. Anyway, swiftly moving on from. From that is uh, unless uh, anything else you want to add to the kebab no. corner, or can I can I turn it into a, a different corner that I wanted to bring up? <laughs> okay, we're going to the second corner. We're, in, we're into the corner, corner. two people. Yeah, second corner. Um, maybe this is going to come up repeatedly. Maybe we shouldn't get too involved in it because it's maybe not that interesting for other people. But uh, the the dynasty league we're, that we're all now in. Oh God! Uh, what what went down this week? Well, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll take the lead on this because uh, I mean, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what, actually, Gav, I was, t- I'll tell you what I was. That the the feeling that that came over me when I saw this uh, this trade pop up on my phone after the initial feeling of disbelief. It wasn't just a trade; it was a series of trades. But anyway, well, okay, well, the one that I think you're referencing mainly um, was a, was a disheartening feeling because I thought I had joined um, a serious uh, league which Gav was running um, and by serious I, I don't mean serious like boring but I mean like serious like you know people are running this in a way that you might actually run you know a fantasy team uh, and then what I see is uh, the most obscene trade I've ever seen uh, in a fantasy league from, from Dave <laughs> um, now, now bear in mind this is a dynasty league right now I don't know if Dave knew this <laughs> well I ch- can I can I, I, I so it's a bit of background where it's uh there were three quitters from my dynasty which has been going for a long time i was very disappointed that three people quit this this year because we've been we've been doing it for a while and and they've built up these rosters and for various reasons life reasons whatever maybe it's because i've been dominating it three people have quit so i was very very pleased though to have the opportunity to welcome you two guys and also my pal aaron who um is massive cardinals fan um now aaron has pulled off one of the greatest GM moves no. I've ever witnessed no, no, over no. over the course of two trades, and he's so uh, now he's so jubilant and p- possibly reveling in it. Um, in in a very subtle fashion, he he sent me a kind of uh, slightly uh, subdued, but you can hear in his tone of voice how jubilant he was. So I'm going to play this oh. little message he sent to me. Right, so hopefully this doesn't pause or something. Here we go. Let's see if you can hear this. Yo, Gav. So I've made two trades already. So I traded um, Philip Rivers away um, for Drew Brees. Didn't realise that Drew Brees may actually retire this year. Uh, so I panicked a little bit there. But actually, news does look like he may stay another year. Um, but 
then I just swapped Drew Brees, actually, a man who could potentially retire any time now for <laughs> Kyler Murray. Obviously, Kyler Murray's my boy, so I want him, but I think he's probably got more potential for big play, um, you know, in the future. So I think I've made the right decision. What do you think? Now, that is a victory lap from Aaron. Now, I'll tell you why this is frustrating for me is because I'm the person that traded away Drew Brees in the first place. Now, and I'd like to point out that that was not a silly decision from me, right? I'm not to blame here. That was a perfectly reasonable decision made by two reasonable gentlemen, right? He offered me Drew. He offered me Philip Rivers. I thought Drew Brees would retire, but I could see why Drew Brees had more upside than Philip Rivers if he didn't. So I thought that was a fair trade. Is that fair to say, Gav? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an even trade. Yeah, yeah. It was a reasonable okay. trade. Whether you agree with it or you don't, it, it's a reasonable trade. Now, what happens next is Dave gets completely taken the piss out of. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like now, a boy being chastised here. Well, yeah, I know. I feel awkward with it, but I mean, Dave, the thing in Dave's defence, Dave has is quite deep at quarterback. In Dave, I, I'm quarterback is not my concern in my team. Right. So, okay. So the Steelers, right? Where are we deep? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think now. <laughs> Nowhere. Um, <laughs> right. So the Steelers but, have six great wide receivers, right? What do we do? Just trade one away for for nothing? <laughs> well, the, the, uh, Aaron came up with the idea that perhaps Dave is very cleverly, cleverly trying to equalise all of the opposition, so that so that some of his rivals, to, you know, they they all take games off each other. That's what Aaron thought. He said he didn't send me that in voice message. So it's just a text. He said maybe Dave's playing the long game in that he's trying to. He thinks, uh, you know, Aaron's got a weaker team, so he's trying to feed him up. So that he can beat, you know, the likes of me and stuff. So why is Aaron's team so much better than mine? <laughs> well, Aaron, Aaron's been on the waiting list. He got he he went in first because yeah. he he's been on the waiting list for a long time. Right, I see. And all, yeah, because what happened is that that guy quit, and then I said jokingly in the league chat, "Does anyone else want to quit?" And two other guys put their hand up. <laughs> uh, and I'm beginning to see why, because trades like this are allowed. I almost hey, walked out. I, 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 as commissioner. <laughs> Unless there's collusion, I'm not banning any trades, right? If if two guys can agree and and both sides are happy, generally I would agree that, with that, that. But this this uh, this is this takes the biscuit. I mean, Dave, right? We've not gone to you yet. Are you going to offer any defence for this at all? Only that it was somewhat of a of a brain fart whilst washing up again. It's a lot, <laughs> you a lot need of my... to stop washing up. You need to get a dishwasher. A lot of bad <laughs> things seem to happen while you're washing up. Sorry, we've got we've got one, but it scratches the glasses. But that's another story. But no, it, it was somewhat of a brain fart and. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd kind of forgotten at the same time that Bruce, that uh, Breeze was intending, well, potentially intend, intending to retire. Um, but it was sort of at my, I I I love Drew Breeze, I like Drew Breeze. Um, but um, but yeah, I I don't have an awful lot of defence for myself. I mean, I can say you know you've got you've got Lamar Jackson, right? So you 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 know potentially a set. For for a while, at least. This is not least, about you know. what other QBs he has, Gav. It's no, but, the, but why, why? Why I can see, you know, Kyler Murray. Who knows what's going to happen with him? Yes, he's got potential. It could be. It could be a bust. You know that that offensive line's terrible. You know the the. It could, you know, it could all go wrong. Drew Brees could be a solid backup for for Dave for maybe two years. You know, if he carries on. I mean, he's, he could retire, but he might carry on. So, you know, I, sometimes I sometimes you think that. On. I also don't rank Murray that highly. 
Yeah, clearly not. But also, it doesn't. But what you're all forgetting to understand is that the, so it can, for, even if even if Kyler Murray breaks his leg tomorrow and never plays another down of football, the point is Kyler Murray's value at the time that Dave traded him was so much higher that he could have gone with a trade request to anyone else and got way more than Drew Brees. That's well, I, I was quite disappointed that I sent Dave a trade, uh, a much better value trade, in my opinion. It, earlier in the day and it got got batted back quite quickly <laughs> well I've, i think it was for a crop of my sort of sort of at least squad players for one or two of his kind of starters and, and there was there was no not even a counter offer but this aaron comes in with this kind of crazy trade and he, he bites it, it, it it's frankly out. ludicrous and the fact that i the reason i'm so upset is not only because you know dave's done this and completely devalued the league as a whole but because I was the one who traded Drew Brees away, and so I could have just submitted this request to, to Dave, apparently, and had Kyler Murray as well. <laughs> yeah, you're part of this. I mean, I, But I would I never have presumed to do I mean, something he's... like that. I mean, also, bad job by Aaron, because why is he sending such ridiculous trades around? I mean, we, we know why, because Dave's accepted them, but he didn't know he was going to accept that trade. Like, what's he, is he just sending crazy trades to everyone? Well, he, he obviously thought... I wasn't he he wasn't up to speed with the Drew Brees retirement story, so perhaps other people aren't. And and being a Cardinals fan, he was desperate for 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 Kyler Murray, so that's what he was going after. Well, did it, did was it was there any other trades come come? Did he try and offer you anything else beforehand, Dave, or was this just straight out of the blue and you accepted? Well, to be honest, it was the first one I'd really seen since because I, I think I had a few sent to me but because I was offline for want of a better word. I think a lot of them sort of expired. Oh no, you mine expired. Mine was a good one. Well, I'll, re- I'll, re- I'll retabulate it and send it over tomorrow. So it's like I've, I've missed out on loads, and then so yeah. Right. No, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it ruins the league. I think it's. I think Aaron was was very was was seriously lacking at, um, quarterback, and and Dave's fine. So I think it's kind of an equaliser. But you, you've got some beef, so. I've major beef. I think it's a ludicrous trade that it was even allowed, and I think the commissioner's judgment needs to be coming into question. But listen, we can't. I've spend got all a strict day. policy. <laughs> yeah, I've got a strict policy on this. You know, I don't don't interfere unless unless there's collusion, and I um, don't believe there was collusion. We'll take this offline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you everyone for indulging us in whatever that was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll. Uh, I'll probably tweet out what position we're going to look at next week in case anyone wants to get out ahead of it. So, so keep uh, an eye out for that. Um, at UK Steelers Pod, follow me at Cy wrote this. Uh, Dave at this is Dave Hart. Don't follow Gav, please. Definitely. Don't. Um, anything else, guys? Are we good to go? I think we're good. Awesome. No, good. We'll see you all next week. Cheers, nice man. one. Bye-bye. Cheers, later.